we're going to look at the third part of our series called Marked, um, and we're going to look at the book of Luke chapter 9 today, starting with verse 57 and going down to verse 62. So if you have your Bibles, let's read this together. And Luke writes, he says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So here we have a passage of scripture that shows us three individuals having an opportunity to follow Jesus as he travels about. For the past couple of weeks, you know, we've heard, um, we, we've, we've examined the passages of Scripture of Peter and Andrew, James and John, as well as Matthew, um, saying yes when the Lord says, come and follow me, them dropping everything that they had in their hand, dropping their trade, dropping their profession, and following Jesus and leaving immediately to follow him. And here we have three different scenarios, and for various reasons, they make an excuse or they give a reason as to why they cannot follow Jesus at this moment in time. Their responses are completely different from the ones that we've seen, um, where those people responded immediately to the Lord. Jesus responds to each of these three individuals with a comment about following him. And at first, these comments may seem harsh, right? They may seem difficult for us to hear, but we need to consider what Jesus was trying to communicate to them. And it's interesting that Luke does not tell us what they responded. Like after Jesus said these things to each one of these individuals, um, we don't hear the response from that individual. Um, but I think it gets us to a place for us, for us to understand what Jesus is getting at. Now, let me make a disclaimer here that, that Jesus' response to each one of these people was directly to them. This was not in a context of public teaching or a large group teaching. This is a response that was directed to a single person in a, in a particular situation. Um, therefore, maybe, maybe God's not speaking this directly to us, how he would respond in this way, but I think there's principles that we need to learn and understand um, what God is requiring of us and what is demanded of us, what the cost is to follow Jesus. There's four specific things I want us to touch today. And number one is that following Jesus will cost you your comfort and your conveniences. In the first scenario, a person tells Jesus that he will follow him wherever he goes. And Jesus replies that he has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus had no permanent home. He had sacrificed that thing. He had put it aside in order to bring in the kingdom of God, in order to bring in the kingdom of his father. Jesus had already made sacrifices to do the work of God, even before he made the ultimate sacrifice for us on the cross. He gave up home. He gave up a dependable place to live. 
um, and he rested on the hospitality of other people and the support of others in order to fulfill the calling that he had over his life. Jesus's response to this man reminds us that there is a cost in following him. There is a cost in following the way of Jesus. Let us be reminded of the sacrifice that he made. Let's remember his words in Matthew 16, 24, when he was teaching the crowds, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. You know, the person's eagerness to follow Jesus is absolutely commendable. You know, I think, I think we've all said that before, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And, and much like those pledges that we've made before, um, this man had made, and he said, Lord, I'll, I'll go with you. Just tell me where you want me to go. But it seems that the thought of being homeless was too great of an obstacle for him. You know, the Holy Spirit reminds us today that following Jesus is rarely convenient and it's rarely comfortable. Um, if we want to follow Jesus wherever he goes, we have to put those things aside. It's going to cost us those conveniences. It's going to cost us being comfortable sometimes. It's going to cost us something great of a price for us to say, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. You know, I think it's really interesting that that Jesus, you know, was, was traveling a lot. And for the most part, people kind of kept to their communities at this time. The only time there was a pilgrimage or a time of travel when with, was when people were going into Jerusalem. So having someone calling um, disciples to himself to go and preach the gospel to different areas was definitely a new thing. And he was doing something out of the comfort zone, out of the, out of the ordinary. And God is calling us to do the same thing. In order for us to do a great thing for God, in order for us to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to be called out out of our comfort zones and out of our convenient creature comforts, I guess, if you will, in order to walk into what he has of us today. I ask you this morning, what obstacles are keeping you from following Jesus today? What are things that maybe you've put in your, in your life and in your path that maybe are convenient things or maybe that are comfortable things, but they're also the same things that are keeping you from following Jesus 100% and following him and being the disciple that Jesus has called you to be. What are those things? What are those things that you need to lay down aside in order for you to follow Jesus? And I, I pray that right now the Holy Spirit is bringing those things to your mind so that you can lay those at the altar this morning and that you could follow him. The second thing today is that following Jesus demands that we reprioritize our relationships. You know, in that second situation, Jesus invites a person to follow him, but the response of that individual was, let me go and bury my father. Jesus then replies to him, let the dead bury the dead, or let the spiritually dead bury the dead. Um, you know, again, I think when, when you read this at face value, you may think, man, Jesus, you're, you're, you're being absolutely harsh with us this morning as we read this, right? And, and what a harsh response, right, that we, that we think we see when he responds back to this individual, let, let the dead bury their dead. Now, we, we don't know exactly what the timeline, and there's a lot of debate from spiritual scholars and people who study God's word. If this man is saying, hey, my dad's about to die, let me go be at his bedside and bury him, or my dad is sick, it's going to be a couple years before I can, I can move into my next season of life, let me bury him first, 
or that the father has already died. We, we don't know the situation, but whatever the situation is, this man's basically saying, I have to take care of this first and then I can follow you. And, and I think, you know, I've heard it so many different times before where people say, let, let me get through this season of life first, or let me get my things together first. And then I can, I can move into a season to where I'm devoting my time to God. Um, and, and this man's essentially bringing that same excuse. And Jesus demands this morning that we prioritize our relationships. You know, when we accept the Lord into our lives, he becomes number one. He becomes the absolute priority in our lives. He becomes number one over any other relationship that you may have today. Jesus takes center stage as we say, God, I will follow you. Jesus, I accept your death and your payment for my sin and your resurrection. I'm going to give you my life. He takes center stage. You know, Matthew also, um, also writes of this exchange and this account. Um, and it's interesting that in, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 21, Matthew describes this individual as a disciple, as someone who's already following him. And, and I think, you know, that, that speaks to, to, to all of us that are believers today, that we begin to shuffle our, our relationships. And sometimes we um, intentionally or unintentionally begin to, um, begin to elevate certain relationships over our relationship with Christ. You know, I think there's there's a lot of relationships we hold dear, whether it's our marriages or it's our sons, our daughters, our parents, and those are great, and we need to esteem those. In fact, in Jewish culture, it was of the highest honor that you take care of your parents in their in their old age, and you bury them, and you do right by your family in those things. But what Jesus is saying is that while those things are good, the relationship with Him is greater. And is better. He's not saying, "Hey, dishonor your parents." No, we need to honor them. We need to we need to honor our our, our covenant relationships with our spouses, with our kids. But let not those relationships take precedent over our relationship with Jesus. See, this man um, wasn't ready to do the right thing in that moment. He wanted to delay his opportunity to come with Jesus, um, but Jesus had an urgency of his mission. In that moment, you know, likewise, you know, with our lives as being believers, the Holy Spirit often um, invites us to join to join to join with Jesus in his work. And some of those invitations are urgent in those moments, but we have excuses and we begin to um, bring about other um, other responsibilities. But this morning, the Lord is asking us to reprioritize our relationships in Luke chapter 14, verse 26, he tells the crowds, he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and child and brother and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. You know, obviously Jesus is not telling us to, to bear malice to the members of our family, but he is asking us to have him as our number one priority, as our number one person in our lives. We must uh, we must have a love for Jesus and a passion for seeing his kingdom come to earth. And that must be our priority over anything else in our lives. We must maintain focus on him and not be distracted by other responsibilities and relationships that would cause us to veer away from following him. Number three this morning is that G uh, following Jesus means that we always focus 
forward. You know, in this last scenario in Luke chapter 9, verse 61, that last person states that he will follow Jesus, but first wants to return home and say goodbye. And on the surface, you know, the response seems ab absolutely reasonable. You know, Jesus, let, let me just go say bye to, you know, my father, my mother, my wife, my kids. Let, let, let me say goodbye to them, and they then I will follow you. However, Jesus responds, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, what I think is interesting is that in, in 1 Kings, Elisha asked Elijah if he could do the exact same thing. He says, let me go and, and, tell, and tell my parents that I'm leaving, that I'm following you. And Elijah grants this request and goes. And I think, I think Jesus is trying to, to capture that image once again, because people would absolutely understand what his response was about the plow and moving forward and talking about the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is saying is that, hey, that, that message that Elisha had at that time was great, but my message is better and requires us to move forward and requires us to be focused and move the kingdom of God forward. It was more urgent than that of Elijah's. It could not wait. It could not wait for this, for this person to join. Jesus was looking for people to follow him. Eternity depended on it and a hesitation disqualified people from true service. Jesus' response sheds light on this situation that, you know, as a farmer, as you're plowing, you know, I've never plowed a field, um, but I, I do know that when you take your eyes off of something and you begin to look back at whatever's behind you, you may have plowed a straight line or you may have done a straight line behind you, but as soon as you turn around and you lose sight of what's in front of you, then that begins to change. And that, that sight line that you had is taken off and that straight line is no longer straight. And you know, one thing that, that I've learned even in music sometimes, and it happens in worship when we're playing. And sometimes I even think of, you know, did, did, did I sing that line right? Or did, did I play that key right? Um, and, and you lose sight and that distracts, distracts you of actually playing what you have to play in that moment. And so, what Jesus is asking us today is that we must always focus forward. He's asking people that when he says, come, follow me, there is a task at hand and we need to look forward and bring the kingdom of God near to those around us. And we cannot look back. We may have the tendency to see, hey, look, let's, let's look and see what we've done. Let's look and see the, the, um, the, the good things that we have done. But Jesus is asking us to constantly look forward. The focus of the mission ahead is, is for us to focus forward and avoid to become distracted by the things around us. Hey, the last thing I want to mention to you guys, and I, and I briefly talked about it in my second point, is that following Jesus demands urgency. You know, when you look at all three of these situations, they all showed a lack, they, they all showed a lack of urgency that Jesus was calling them to be his disciples. One of them even volunteered, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And Jesus replied to all three of them, come follow me. Come be with me. We're going on this travel. We're going to preach the gospel. Come with me right now. There's no delay. And all three of them showed a lack of urgency. You know, I think sometimes within the church, we lose our sense of urgency. We, we become complacent. We become comfortable. We become too secure, we become too distracted that we cannot answer the Lord when he says, come, 
follow me. Let's do this together. Let's do this new venture. Let's reach out to the community. Let's 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 stretch out. Let's let's begin to give a little more. Let's begin to serve more. And when the Lord begins to ask of us of those things, we have a delayed response or we show a lack of urgency because we've become too comfortable. We become too complacent. Following Jesus demands urgency that when he says, come follow me, we say, yes, Lord, I will go. Where do you want me to go? How far do I need to travel? And we just begin to follow him in the steps that he has laid before us. Following Jesus requires that we urgently leave our places of comfort and security, that we refuse to allow excuses to keep us from immediately obeying Jesus, and that we avoid from becoming distracted by other responsibilities and relationships. And this is all done in an urgent manner because the Lord calls your name, the Lord calls my name, and when he does, we should be eager and, and, and ready to respond to whatever the Lord wants of us today. Following Jesus, yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but it's rewarding. It's rewarding that we get to see his mighty works. We begin to see his hand. We begin to see great things when we step out in faith and we answer the call of God when he says, come and follow me. This morning, you may be sitting in your living room. You may be sitting you know, in your kitchen hearing this word, and maybe you're far away from the Lord. The Lord is calling you this morning to follow him. Lay it all down. Follow after him. And I promise you that he will not let you down. Yes, the journey is going to be challenging. Yes, the journey is going to be difficult. But you will see great things when you step out in faith and follow him. This morning, if you're a disciple of him already, don't delay. Don't delay when he calls and says, come and follow me. Let's do this thing. Let's stretch your faith. He's doing to you that right now. I feel it as, I, as I'm speaking this message that he is challenging someone's faith this morning. Let him stretch your faith. Let him show you greater things as you step out and listen and answer to when he says, come and follow me. Love you guys so much. Let me pray for you this morning. Let me bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you challenge us and that you stretch us. And Lord, let us respond to you quickly and urgently as you call our names today. Lord, we love you, God, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless you guys.